Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your Ben Jarofsky show for this Tuesday, February 27th starts now. Today on the program, Ben talks local politics and national politics with none other than 11th Ward Alderwoman, Nicole Lee. The Ben Jarofsky Show, a presentation of the Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com for everything there is to know in the city of Chicago. If you want to know what to do, where to go, what to eat, what to drink, what's happening in arts, culture, you want to know what the best in Chicago is, head to chicagoreader.com. It's all there for you. And if you want more Ben Jarofsky, head to chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky. That's J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Hello again, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Pritzker Says No Tuesday, and here's why. Alderwoman Nicole standing by. We're going to bring her on. We're going to do a deep dive on White Sox, Bridgeport, Sox Park, 78. Uh, whether we should build a new stadium. Do we really need a new stadium? And what about the Bears? Huge economic development deals in the balance. And Nicole Lee is the Alderwoman uh, from the Bridgeport area of 11th Ward, so uh, she would know a lot about this. Before I do, I just want to say an uh, article in the uh, uh, Sun-Times, Tina Svondella, shout out, Tina, about J.B. Pritzker. He's reluctant to ask taxpayers to subsidize new White Sox Stadium. And uh, this is kind of an interesting opening uh, to bring on Alderwoman Nicole Lee. This doesn't pass unless J.B. Pritzker signs on to it. Now, I've been watching J.B. for a long time. He's a very smart politician. He knows, uh, we, we tease him on this show, he knows how to duck and dodge a question. He knows how to avoid a question. So he can't be, uh, what is it, connected to something. Yeah, we heard him later. We all saw him at, on the fair tax issue back in 2018. Good God, I had to go back in time, Nicole. It was 2018, not 2022 re-election, 2018. But he's pretty definitive on this one. No ducking, no dodging, J.B. Pritzker. Uh, He's saying he's reluctant. Quote, the idea of taking taxpayer dollars and subsidizing the building of a stadium as opposed to, for example, subsidizing the building of a birthing center, just to give the example, does not seem like the stadium ought to have higher priority, Pritzker said. So like like I pointed out at the outset, this doesn't happen. We all know that. If Governor Pritzker doesn't sign off on it well the state funding end of it does doesn't happen the city funding end of it could happen without the state so a lot of balls in the air a lot of possibilities and uh, the timing is perfect uh, to bring on Alderwoman Nicole Lee who's been following this one closely uh, for the last month or so uh, so Alderwoman welcome to the show hey Ben thank you so much for having me yeah, since your second appearance on the Ben Jarofsky show, you may not realize this, but your first appearance was when we recorded uh, the first Tuesday that Maya and I did with, uh, uh, with you and Lenny in your ward. 
you are our hostess or our host, and um, we dropped that. So no need, uh, ladies and gentlemen, to ask Nicole to go through her biography, tell you how she became an older woman. If you want to know the background of Nicole, listen to that previous conversation. It was in the height of... um, Oh, my God, all the chatter and talk about uh, migrants coming to Chicago. It's some good stuff, Nicole, on that issue as well. All right, Nicole. Oh, God, where do we start? This is going to be like a 101 for folks who kind of woke up, more or less. Even the people who pay attention, Nicole, kind of woke up to this issue. About a month ago, I've lost track of time, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Cranes had a quote-unquote exclusive. I got that in quotes. Uh, <laughs> they got a, an exclusive, which means Jerry Reinsdorf and the White Sox spoon-fed him the story. Uh, and the story was that the White Sox... No, it's the Sun-Times. My bad. Sorry, Sun-Times. You got spoon-fed, not Cranes. Cranes got spoon-fed something else. Uh, Nicole, when are they going to start spoon-feeding me, huh? Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I want to be spoon-fed. Uh, my humble, my humblest apologies. Sometimes you were the one spoon fed, uh, and uh, they announced something that I didn't even know about that the White Sox were thinking of building a second ball yard. And as a White Sox fan, Nicole, my first reaction was one, there's nothing wrong with the current ball yard, two, in fact, I love it more and more with each passing year. Three, spend your money on the freaking team and don't look out for a handout because your team is terrible. This is me speaking, not Nicole Lee. Don't want to get her in trouble with the White Sox. Uh, And four, how dare you? (laughs) I mean, how dare you? There's no, like, discussion, no analysis. All of a sudden, you're going to the 78 or you're – this is in the works. Uh, So that was my reaction. It came out of nowhere. Uh, What was your reaction when that bombshell went off? Um. So, you know, this whole conversation started, I think, last summer, was it, when there was news about uh, the Sox going to Nashville. They were taking a trip to Nashville. The whole conversation about the lease um, with uh, the Illinois uh, Sports Facilities Authority um, coming up. And actually, this lease is going to expire before the Bears lease does. So was it a surprise that there was more conversation um, coming out of the Sox about the future of the team? Not necessarily. The 78 was definitely a surprise to me. Um, I, you know, I wasn't aware that that was even a thing. Um, so yeah, I, I think it shocked a lot of people. Did they run it by you before they went public with the Sun Times? Um, I can't remember the timing of the Sun Times article. I, I, I got a heads up about some news breaking. You know, uh, I have a, I, I've, I, I want to say I've got a good relationship with the team since I started. Um, you know, we work together on a lot of stuff. Obviously, the the future of the team and where they're going to be is something we both have a vested interest in. Obviously, I don't own the White Sox, but um, you know, it's an important it's it's an it's an important team um, for the just the lifeblood of this community for 114 years. Um, so you know, I don't take that lightly at all. All right. Uh, so, in your opinion, what are the pros? Uh, as in the good points of staying where the White Sox are currently, which is, again, in your ward at 35th Street and Shields, uh, a stadium that was opened in 1991, I want to say. I remember when the last stadium closed. I was actually at that game. And uh, so what are the pros of just continuing operation at that stadium? Look, well, let's start with we built that for a steal. I mean, from a you know, we, we built that 30 years ago for $137 million. I mean, and since ISFA has put in a couple hundred million dollars more, I think maybe to the total of maybe 400 million at this point, 
Um, that stadium is in great shape. It is right off of the Dan Ryan Expressway, off of the red line with a Metro stop and several, and the green line, not all that far, um, and close to major uh, public transportation. Uh, not to mention, uh, they get to stay in their ancestral home. I mean, we, the, the, the White Sox and Bridgeport are inextricable. I don't know how you talk about the team and not, not think of where they come from and where they come from is Bridgeport. Uh, so, you know, I think the, the pros of, of staying are, you know, look, we also have an opportunity now and we have to talk about what redevelopment looks like and then what the opportunity is, frankly, to use this as a, as a point in time, as an opportunity to no longer have the Dan Ryan be something that is seen as a dividing line, but rather how about a bridge? How about a bridge to the IIT campus, to Bronzeville? How do we engage the entire Southside region? Um, not this is not just about Bridgeport. Obviously, we have a big stake in the game. I don't want anybody to think that you know I'm only thinking of everybody else in this. Uh, but for the future of this huge economic engine in this ballpark and this ball club to stay right where they are, I think that that is that is the real opportunity. Uh, that is, by the way, whether you realize it or not, you're articulating what I call the Delmarie Cobb point of view. Delmarie Cobb, political strategist, uh, has been on the show talking. Uh, well, she, she's two for one. Put the Bears at the south, uh, this, on the south side where the old steel yards were uh, at 87th and the lake. But keep the White Sox uh, at um, on 35th Street and build a connection to the east that has not, that is your point, has not always been there. It's been like a wall. That expressway has been used like a wall to separate one community from another. Let's connect the two communities uh, and have the 35th Street site be uh, sort of uh, a catalyst for development on the other side of- A hundred percent. Do you know how many, I don't have the actual numbers, but I know anecdotally that we house many um, students from the IIT campus, as well as like faculty and staff, and lots of people work at IIT. You know, we we have people that are going back and forth across that bridge every day, um, whether it's 33rd Street or 35th Street. Kids growing to school at De La Salle High School. It's right across the street from the police headquarters. You know, there there is so much um, in the in the region that we're really not sort of tapping into, and you know, that's that's. That's a conversation I'm really interested in having. Like, how do we do that, and how do we enhance the things that we already have? You mentioned that the uh, the lease is good for several more years. When does the lease expire between the White Sox and the state on that uh, on Sox Park? I want to say it expires at the end or the 2029. I think we have four, five more years left on it. That sounds. So about it, and it, it's it's in that ballpark. It could be off by a year because I may still be thinking in 2023 terms. It, uh, it expires two years before the Bears does. So whatever that is, two years. Oh, you got the Bears is 2031. Yeah, so that sounds okay. About. So 29. Yeah, uh, the Bears expire 2031. So, um, what if the city just paid hardball with the White Sox and said, "You got a lease? Sorry, just honor your lease." What would well, what would that impact be? So you know, I. The the Sox, we all know, right? They're they're uh they're for profit business. Jerry's a businessman. They have they have choices. They're a tenant right now. Um so clearly they do have a choice in, in where they want to be. Um so you know the the question is 
can we make just as compelling, maybe an even more compelling uh, proposal to have them continue to stay right at home, right? So we, we frankly, we haven't done that work yet. And that's that's the conversation I'm I'm trying to drive forward now, um, which is let's bring together the right people um, around the table to talk about what the future of the team could look like, what could be done, because we have just as much a blank slate with these surface lots along 35th Street as the 78 is. And I argue we have way better we have way better transportation um, and accessibility. Uh, from a traffic perspective. Well, you mentioned the 78. Let me get into that a little bit and give you my theory. And I've, as I've watched this unfold, again, I'm not in the back rooms. I don't have access. Uh, I'm not getting spoon-fed anything, so I don't have access uh, to what the White Sox are thinking or what the developer of 78 are thinking. But uh, the 78 is a huge chunk of undeveloped land uh, in the South Loop at roughly Roosevelt Road and Clark Street. It runs along the Chicago River. It's not in the Coalese Ward. I believe it's in Pat- it borders it. it borders. Oh, it's okay. It's just to the east of your ward. Well, so just so it's just to the north, actually. So my ward, uh, the northern tip of the ward is 16th Street from Clark to the river. So it's the northern tip of Ping Tom Park. The 78 is literally on the other side of it. Got just it. north. Okay. So I think it, it used to be in the 25th ward. I believe it's in the third ward now. It's That's correct. It's, a, it's Alderwoman Dells now. Alderwoman Dells now. Okay. So that land, I've been following it from afar. Uh, going back to, I think, the 90s, there's been various uh, proposals and ideas and suggestions uh, to fill it up. It's a huge chunk of undeveloped land right on the river. Potentially has tremendous value. Uh, but for reasons that are complicated and uh, I'm not privy to all the ins and the outs, it's never been developed. There always seems to be something blocking it from being developed. In 2019, right before he left office, in the last city council meeting of his uh, tenure as mayor, Mayor Rahm Emanuel got the city council to designate a TIF funding for that lot to help develop that lot. The money has not been spent yet, but it's there. It's designated. It's targeted for that lot. Uh, that was, let me do the math, Nicole, almost five years ago. Mm-hmm. It's, we had a pandemic in the middle of it, which radically okay. changed, you know, this uh, commercial real estate, which upended a lot of plans. Uh, and so, but that developer has been unable to develop that lot. In my humble opinion, that developer, that's a, this is a developer driven project. Uh, he's using the White Sox or they're using the White Sox to foster interest on the part of the city and the state to uh, fund the project, bring in other tenants. Uh, and so uh, they they can use the White Sox essentially to develop land that they have been unable to develop. I feel as if that's exploiting, exploiting uh, residents of Chicago, Sox fans in Chicago included, who have like a sentimental value and attachment, I, like I do, to the White Sox, would not want to alone. Yeah, but not my, I was in the White Sox fan club when I was in high school. Nicole, pretty nerdy. <laughs> Doesn't get nerdier than that. Uh, and so I believe that that when you bring in a baseball team to fund or a, any sporting team, you tap into that sentimental value that folks have for that team, and it enhances the value of his deal, makes it more palpable to the public than it would ordinarily be. So I my uh thoughts have always been 
that it's the 78 that's driving this, not so much the White Sox. Your thoughts? So I don't know what the facts are on that front. Um, you know, I I will say, you know, the 78, in my opinion, was always going to need a big anchor, right? So the casino was their their last attempt um, at the 78. So that's the, the uh, related Midwest had pitched the, uh, the 78 as a location for a casino site. You know, selfishly, as the alderman of the 11th Ward and coming from a community that um, you know, has some issues with uh, gambling addiction. I was I was happy for that not to be the site. Um, that also being said, you know, the the thought that comes to my mind right now that is like, don't hate the player, hate the game, um, because they were always going to need a, an anchor, right? So the the timing of it all, from my perspective at least, you know, the 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 Sox were looking for, you know, trying to figure out what their future was going to be, um, and you know, in the without. I think the presence of an actual plan or a pitch about what 35th street looks like for the future. There's, you know, here's related that came in. I, again, don't know how this happened. If one reached out to the other, whoever, but here we are, right. It, it's clear that they've been working together um, to on this proposal. Cause, and, and this is what they they're looking to do um, in, in our defense. We haven't actually put together a proposal. I, th this is the thing that I'm working on now. Uh, and trying to pull together the right people so that we can talk about and pull some things together um, around what that looks like and what value we can, because I know that we can. Look, I, I've heard people talk about, oh, you know, um, the 35th Street could be Wrigleyville South. Don't ever say that to someone from Bridgeport, by the way. <laughs> that is not a good idea. We don't want to be Wrigleyville South. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of real estate between what we have now, which is a lot of surface lots, um, and what Wrigleyville looks like today, um, you know, and this is where engaging the community is going to be so important, right? So that's part of my plan is to have, you know, to, to work with an organization, uh, maybe something like CMAP or some other organizations that do urban planning to talk about what this could possibly look like and to talk to the neighbors in the area and everybody in the surrounding communities about what it is they would love to see. And frankly, what don't we want to have? at the same time, uh, because I think this sort of exercise requires that level of engagement. You know, we've got to bring everybody together. And again, not just about us in the 11th Ward, obviously, you know, our backyards are here. So, you know, we, we've got a really vested interest in, in what happens, not just from a uh, geographical perspective, but from an economic perspective. We have hundreds of, hundreds of businesses, excuse me, hundreds of um, residents that work at the ballpark seasonally. But we need to have things that are happening year round. I mean, I think that's one of the things, you know, as someone who's newer here, you know, I, I'm not sure what the what has prevented more from happening um, at the ballpark in the off season. You know, so I think that, you know, in that context, I think whatever we look at for the future, there has to be um, we have to address the sort of 365 day, you know, 12 months a year usefulness and utility and value of the, the what it's generating for both the community and for the city. And for well, the team, obviously, the team, you know, would be the anchor here. Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that raises, that brings in the Bears issue. I mean, I don't want to completely lose the White Sox issue and the impact of Bridgeport. No, Bowl. but I, I feel like you're the Bears. going there, right? Because we can't, we shouldn't be having this conversation just about the White Sox. So look, let's think about all of the teams we're hearing about right now. They're looking for stadiums. And we have two perfectly good stadiums that technically haven't been completely paid for yet, by the way. Um, and we've got, what is it now? 
four teams, am I counting correctly? The Sox, the Bears, the Fire, and the Red Stars that I just hear recently. The yeah. Red Stars are looking for something. Um, it's a, it, it's like a stadium Tetris at this point. How do we, and we have to, I think we have to look at it holistically. Yeah. Like where, where are there opportunities to, um, to really and, look at the opportunity with these teams that are looking for new homes with the homes that we have now? Um, and where is there potential in other places? And does everything need to, look, the central business district is, is important historically from a tax-based perspective, we get that. And, and maybe what we need to start thinking about is how do we create other centers? Okay, and I would add to that list, uh, it just broke, the story just broke that the the Ricketts role and the Cubs are uh, seeking city funding for security uh, in the area around Wrigley Field. So that, that subsidy could be going out as well. Uh, and uh, the story broke in the Sun-Times. Shout out uh, Novak and Hergeth for uh, this. Uh, this was not spoon-fed. This was actually reporting uh, where they dug up uh, that uh, Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf also owns my beloved Chicago Bulls. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I love him a little too much, Nicole. And is <laughs> buying up the land around the Chicago, uh, Chicago I call it Chicago State because I'm old, uh, United Center. And uh, so there's development issues going on there. So uh, baseball parks or sporting facilities as economic development tools is a big time issue around the country. But right now in the city of Chicago, all of our sports teams want in on the game. They want to uh, get the, the, the public to expansion plans in one way or another or picking up the cost of their operations. And they're pretty much making it clear, Nicole, that the days where you just make money selling popcorn in the stadium, selling hot dogs or what have you in the stadium are over. It's all connected to the economic development around the facility, uh, 24 seven shopping, if you will, if you've been to a Bulls game lately, the, they've got the stadium store that's open before the game, after the game, you go into that stadium store, Nicole, I'm not kidding. There's a line of people after a Bulls game. Uh, and obviously Reinsdorf and the rest of the Bulls, they want to, uh, uh, maximize that and at some point i believe the public needs to say what are we getting from this and why is this in our best interest and when you see them threatening to walk away from a perfectly good more than perfectly good in my humble opinion a facility that got right there on 35th and shields you know how many people went to the team was terrible last year nicole people still went to well, they were awful i can't accentuate that point enough and and yet there were fans that went to that game. So I don't see the White Sox reciprocating in any way with the public on this deal. They want this brand new ballpark in 78. It's going to leave behind this perfectly fine ballpark at 35th. What is the impact going to be on your community if the White Sox were to leave? Well, if the White Sox were to leave and they, you know, obviously that's a choice that they can make. Ultimately, um, you know, I, I I worry for the fan base. Honestly, like you know, I, I think you were you were sort of uh, alluding to it. You know, I it's a mixed bag. I think um, about how people feel about um, feel about them leaving. I think you know, as as I've said, I believe that the Sox and, and Bridgeport are inextricable. Like that, they we are in each other's DNA. Um, we won't we won't talk about the black sheep in each of our families where there's a Cubs fan. You know, I everybody's got one of those. We don't ever want to talk about it, but, um, you know, I, we're a resilient 
um, and strong community. And I think, you know, what, what I'm focused on is what the future of that corridor is going to be with the Sox or without, I'm not planning on them leaving because I'm going to, we're going to make a, we're going to make the, the right arguments uh, and case for them to stay. And if ultimately they choose to go, we're going to do everything that we can to make sure that the community continues to grow and be vibrant and that it just continues to be an economic engine for this city. All right. The other player in this, of course, the bears uh, originally, they seem to be more uh, than seem to be, they were, they had targeted Arlington Heights as the site for their new facility. Uh, negotiations apparently broken down between the school districts in Arlington Heights and the bears over uh, how much bears are paying property taxes. And they've shifted their attentions to the lakefront, uh, the lot just uh, doing this in my head, south of Soldier Field, uh, where the George Lucas Museum was going to go. Now, they will clearly need state money. That is not, that's a that's publicly owned land, so there's no property tax there, so you can't do a TIF. You can't mm-hmm. do a TIF where there's no property taxes. Uh, TIFs are funded by property taxes. If you don't pay property taxes, there's no TIF. Uh, and uh, so they're going to need state money. The White Sox have raised a cl- claim on um, hotel motel taxes, which is presumably what would fund a new Bears stadium. If they essentially cut the Bears off at the knees, which is a story that really hasn't been reported, Nicole, uh, with their proposal. I mean, man, talk about icing someone. Um, I can make an argument. I'm not making it right now, but I could make the argument that the Bears Stadium is more what the city needs than a new White Sox facility because to the point you were making, Bears Dome Stadium would be a 24, around the clock, around the calendar uh, facility you could use. You've heard of everything. Super Bowl, the the Final Four, men's and women's basketball, uh, rock concerts in the winter, et cetera, and so forth. Um, so how do you see the two issues? Do you think... Uh, that the Bears stadium has sort of like a, a greater has dibs uh, on that state hotel motel tax before the White Sox. I, ben, that would require me to get past the fact that we're we're probably five hundred million dollars away from paying for the stadium that we have today. Um, you know, I it, as an older person, as an elected official, someone who you know has some accountabilities to the finances of this city. Um, and I love the Bears, and I don't. I'm, I'm, and I have friends over there, so I'm, I'm not. Uh, I'm not trying to, to pick a fight. If I'm if I'm doing my job, um, you know, I I think that's a really big roadblock to to sort of get through. That 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 doesn't just get erased somehow, you know. Um, and that is, you're right. The the hotel motel occupancy tax is what pays for um, pays uh, for that bond. Um, that funds this, and this is what it's uh, the Illinois Sports Facilities Authority. This is kind of how the the repayment plan goes. Um, so, you know, uh, to talk about who has dibs over what, I, I think you know the taxpayers have dibs over the dollars first and foremost. Right? We, but we've got an obligation, you know, to to consider everything sort of on a case by case basis. But we also have an obligation to spur economic um, economic activity. And we, we desperately need that. We need to continue to build that. We're, we're bouncing back a little, uh, but, um, you know, how do we, how do we do that? I mean, and these are the decisions that, you know, we have to, we have to consider like, where is it best to invest these dollars and the, the competition for public dollars right now? We're, we're only here to talk about the socks and the 78 and whatever else you've got on your, your list there, Ben, but I'm like, you know, we could talk about the competition for public dollars, uh, given where we are today with a new administration and the very, you know, ambitious uh, 
um, agenda and everything. It's a thing that I I, I said to uh, to the Sox and to related when I when I was given their presentation. How are you going to pay for it? I mean, they weren't ready to talk about any of that when I talked to them. But um, there there's a lot there's a lot of need, um, and I'm at this point not sure that this is where we need to be focusing. And again, why I said we need to look at this from a holistic perspective, we have to take a wide angle view. All of these things impact everything else, right? Where is money better spent? Uh, J.B. Pritzker said it today in that quote that you read, you know, uh, is it is it better to, is it is it better to serve the community with a birthing center, I think you said it was, um, or, or a stadium? Um, and that, that's the conversation we need to have. But none of these things are sort of done in isolation. You know, a dear friend of mine, Mick Dunkey, uh, a political reporter in town, my former partner in crime, we were talking obsessively about this deal. And he said, I'm, I got to give credit, Mick, you came up with this, not me. He goes, Ben, this is the game that Reinsdorf uh, and the Midwest are playing. They're asking for everything. They're asking for the sales, essentially what is a sales tax tiff. Don't, folks, I'll spare you the explanation, but that's basically what it is. The tiff tiff, uh, the property tax tiff, uh, and the hotel motel tax. Uh, they're just asking for absolutely everything. They'll probably settle uh, on one thing, which would be the uh, property tax tiff. In your humble opinion, could the White Sox uh, and Midwest build their stadium and develop their lot with, quote unquote, and I have it in quotes, just, because it's about a billion dollars, just uh, the property tax tiff alone? I, I think that what I saw was the, just the stadium would be somewhere on the order of a billion dollars. The the stadium would need all of the other development around it. So like, this isn't just about a stadium, right? So this is for, for related at least in, in the 78, which look, I have a vested interest in as well. That is just on the other side of my ward and there will be an impact. There is an impact regardless. Like we they have the Wells-Wentworth connector that this beautiful road that's been completed and yet still not open. We're going to talk about that with CDOT very soon. <laughs> but, um, you know, we've got this beautiful new road and, you know, there's not a whole lot happening over there right now. You know, the DPI, the Discovery Partners Institute is the, the first thing that's meant to be built there. Um, and that's right, you know, right across the border from us. Um, so I, I've got a vested interest in, in whatever happens on the 78. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting place for me to be. And, and to a, a certain extent, too, with uh, Alderman Dowell, because she borders us on the south with the with 35th Street. No, that, that is a good point. I, I, I smile at the way Chicago views the world because White Sox Park, current White Sox Park is in the 11th Ward, Nicole Lee's Ward where they want to build, uh, where they're talking about building a new Sox park is in the third ward, uh, Pat Dow's ward. But it's not like the two, one, it's not like one is uh, on Mount, the top of Mount Everest. No, and they not at all. Alaska. <laughs> you're like, it's all how you draw the boundaries. If they drew, they could have drawn the boundaries to put the 78 in the 11th ward. They could have drawn the boundaries to put White Sox Park in the third ward. I mean, it's, Nicole, you know this. Yeah. You know how they draw boundaries and, uh, I, I learned about that was like one of the first things that I got to learn about, right? Yeah, 101 of Chicago yes. City Council drawing boundaries. The point is the impact, a deal on the 78 will impact the 11th Ward, 11th Ward residents. Yes. Uh, and a vacancy at, and this part kills me, a vacancy at Sox Park will impact east of Sox Park. A thousand percent. 
And so what we need is the city to think, I hate to use this word, but holistically, you know what I mean? That's such a brand <laughs> word. We got to look holistically. You follow what I'm saying, Nicole? I mean, we 100% do, you know, so I've, uh, I've been reaching out to uh, Kenya Merritt and uh, Sierra Boatwright. You know, we're, we're working on a meeting. I'll be hopefully meeting with Sierra Boatwright in the very near future um, and, and talking to others who, uh, who have a vested interest in, in the future of this region. Um, and for sure, with this ballpark, uh, this beautifully well-run, solid ballpark that we have at 35th and Shields that, mm. that does fuel economic activity, I think has the opportunity to do so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, that we could spend a whole hour talking about that. Uh, and maybe we will down the road here, Ben. I mean, once we get, you know, a little bit more meat on the bones and like a more of a, a working group going on on this, but that has to be done. There's no way that we, we can just not do anything because regard, again, I'll say again, regardless of what the Sox ultimately decide, whether or not we put together something compelling enough, um, there needs to be a tenant a team in that ballpark um, and more and, and redevelopment of those surface parking lots to both, you know, serve the community as well as to drive more economic activity um, and more, you know, 24, not, I won't say 24 seven, my residents will hate me for that. And that's not what I'm looking at, not 24 uh, seven, but you know, 365 days a year that we are doing things in the, in the cold months when there's not baseball going on, uh, there, there's so much opportunity that we really, I think, has been uh, untapped thus far. Yeah. No, uh, and I've seen the development uh, in, in the Bridgeport area when you go west on 35th Street. Uh, the act, economic activity in that area mm-hmm. over the last 10 years increased. Yeah, we've got the Ramova Theater that just opened. You know, Chance the Rapper was the the first, you know, was the maiden concert at that venue. Um, you know, I, I think there's there's so much great stuff going on. Um, in Bridgeport, in the in, in the arts community as well, um, you know we've got the Joby Gallery with the Joe Brothers, the uh, Morgan Arts Complex, the Bridgeport Arts Center. Uh, you know, if you know, you know, um, and if you don't, you should come and find out. All right, you said something earlier. I wrote it down. I loved the line. It was a great line. I'm sure you were quoting somebody, uh, and um, my old baby boomer self didn't know the origins of the line, and the line was. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I'm like, where have I heard that? And I was embarrassed to say, I don't know where I heard it, but I heard it somewhere. Where, where, did, who are you quoting, and exactly how are you using it when you quote when you said it? So, I don't know that I know the actual origins of it. I, I won't lie and tell you that I do. I could probably Google it right now, but it, it is a it is a line that I've I've used before and that I hear a lot. Right, this is you know, it, it is how the game is played. It's the, it, you, the same thing applies to politics in certain cases too. You know, don't, it is about the, this is a business. So in the context that I said it, right, that we were talking about the 78, whether or not they, they, they're sort of leveraging the socks in order to sort of get their, their uh, uh, development off the ground. Um, business is the game, right? So there are different players in it. Um, so you know, and, and Jerry Reinsdorf and the Sox and, and related, they're all players in this, right? But the, the game is the competition for dollars to fund these things, whether it's private or public. And in this case, we're talking about the public dollars. So, um, you know, this is where, you know, I I need to make sure that the that someone's looking out for the 35th and Shields player in this game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
because we are. And I look at the, the constituents and the residents of the city of Chicago have a vested interest in what happens um, at this ballpark, keeping the sock where they are or whatever the economic development might be on the other side, you know, which obviously I'm biased because I, I want them to stay. <laughs> Absolutely. I hear what you're saying now, by the way, and, and and I give you credit for not saying you knew the source because you always get in trouble when you say the source. Mayor Johnson, you know, I love you, but when you you quoted Tupac and Tupac never even said it. OK, that oh, was no. a few yeah. months ago. I don't remember that. I had a field day with that one. Uh, and uh, <laughs> But um, all right. Very good. Yes, I understand exactly what you're saying. Uh, the game could be ugly and the game could uh, pit one community against another community. But uh, and that's reality. And what we need is a city of Chicago. I think, Alderman, you agree with this, uh, a city of Chicago that rationally, coolly, and logically analyze what it needs and what its resources are and what we can afford, what we can't afford, and what our compelling needs are. This yeah. Is, yeah, that's what I would like to see for once but in my beloved city. I would love to see it. And, and, and I work to make sure you see it, Ben, uh, because I think we all deserve that. The city of Chicago deserves that. We as, uh, I think, elected officials have to be part of those conversations. Like, you know, the, the transparency needs to be there. I think, you know, this is something basic that's owed to to the residents, the, to the taxpayers about how major funding is spent, um, you know, on, on their behalf at the end of the day. All right, very good. We're going to close with something completely unrelated uh, that uh, I want to give you a shout out for. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you and I had this conversation yet, but um, we talked uh, at when we were, when I was in Bridgeport about this. I don't know if you remember in passing, but uh, uh, the ceasefire resolution uh, that you voted yes on. It was a very. I mean, I really appreciated the statement you made or you issued, you released. I was very much a proponent. Everybody knows this for the ceasefire. Rosanna Rodriguez's proposal for a ceasefire, calling for a ceasefire. I. Uh, I applauded the mayor for doing the parliamentary maneuvering, the wheeling and dealing he had to do uh, to get that the ceasefire passed. Uh, I believe that Chicago actually was at the forefront of a movement that is spreading. And today in Michigan right now, we there's going to be a Michigan primary, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be talking about it all week where the uncommitted vote could be extraordinarily high, uh, sending a message uh, to uh, President Biden that the time has come to sort of rethink a little bit about U.S. foreign policy uh, in uh, the Middle Middle East and try to be more compassionate about it. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about the the um, your vote and the um, I, I guess it's a speech or message uh, that you wrote, uh, which I thought was very heartfelt. Go ahead. Um, thanks for that, Ben. And I do remember because that you know the the conversation around the the ceasefire that had started with. Um, right after, right around the same time as the the resolution condemning Hamas, which which I you know for the record I voted for uh, as well, and there was a lot of time in between, you know, and I think I I will um, freely admit that I didn't really engage in that conversation until we got a little bit closer to it actually hitting the the city council floor um, for for an actual vote. I received probably 12,000 emails, probably 400 calls to my office, all in support, um, asking me to support the, the ceasefire. I, I had meetings with people, uh, uh, residents of the ward and non-residents alike. This this was something, I, you know, that ultimately, you know, I had people, I have constituents that were coming to me and, and you know, talking to me about why it was 
they felt so strongly um, that, you know, talked about why they supported a ceasefire and why they wanted their representative uh, to do that as well. Um, so, you know, it was not something that I had a whole lot of experience or sort of knowledge with um, on the subject. So, you know, I welcome the opportunity to talk to folks about it. Um, people took me up on it. I think we had 60 people in the office one night and uh, maybe they came to protest, but I, we, I brought them in like in groups of 15 and we just sat and we talked. Um, you know, I, I said from the beginning that I always wanted to be a yes on a call for a ceasefire because I thought it was the right thing to do. Uh, I worked 15 years in humanitarian aid and disaster response at United Airlines uh, and to see the suffering and to see, go home every night and watch the news and see kids being pulled out of rubble um, and not, not vote my conscience on it ultimately uh, was going to be a really hard thing to do. Uh, and it was not something that I did lightly at the end of the day. Uh, you know, and, and I wouldn't necessarily say that my my politics are all aligned with a lot of the folks that voted in favor of the ceasefire as well. Um, I, just to be clear, I, I think I surprised a lot of people, uh, surprised and disappointed quite a few, uh, in fact, uh, with that. But that sort of, you know, we talked about the the game here. There's there's no there's no satisfying everybody in life for anybody. It's especially true for politicians, people who are elected officials. Um, and, uh, you know, my my vote was really like a, a step about we need peace like what where's the natural end to this um and i have a lot of love and respect for alderman silverstein she's a friend um, and i know that my vote disappointed her um and she you know through her i was invited to uh to go view a video that the israeli government had put out um 47 minutes of um un uh unedited uh well, I guess they had to edit it put together, uh, but CCTV, um, you know, uh, cell phone video, it was horrendous. Uh, you know, I, I went not because I wanted to, but I, I felt compelled to bear witness to it. Um, and, uh, you know, the someone said to me, oh, if you go watch that, you're definitely going to want to like be a no on this ceasefire. And the thing that kept playing over and over in my head was like, I've never seen hate like that before. Um, and, and to know that it was real, not just in a movie, right? You know, watching American History X is not the same as watching this. Um, and the thought that was running through my mind was like, where does this end? Like, how does a group of people like have so much hate that they're celebrating killing people, like indiscriminately, like just mowing people down? Um, and and I, you know, to me it was, how many more innocent lives have to be lost to resolve this? And I like, and and. Jewish people need to, and deserve to be safe in the world and have a place in this world. But, and, you know, that that doesn't happen if people don't put their guns down. And maybe I'm naive and some people will say that I am. Um, but, you know, the, the vote that I made was, you know, one that um, I made so that I could look myself in the mirror. And in the aftermath, have the people who are disappointed reconciled themselves to with your vote? we'll see you know you know i i had a, a, a good friend of mine um reach out to me but this is a college friend um who who after the vote let me know how disappointed he was in the vote that i made um and he also apologized for not reaching out to me to offer his counsel at the end of the day which i would have i would have liked you know um i don't know that it would have changed my mind at the end of the day but there is something to be said about people being seen and heard 
And I think that's the other thing that the, the one other thing that I'll mention here that was, you know, a, a force for me, uh, it was this whole population of Palestinian Americans who really felt like they weren't seen or heard or important and that their losses were not also important at the end of the day. Now, I'm, I, we were never going to solve Middle East peace at the city council of Chicago. You know, in, in terms of, I mean, a lot of people said to me, what business do we have? You know, and I said in my floor remarks, you know, I, I did mention that, but our voice is not completely insignificant at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, there, there was, there were compelling reasons on both sides. Again, which why I voted for both, you know, the condemning Hamas, which there's no question that that should be condemned and that the, the people who are still being held hostage need to be able to safely get home and they're, you know, so that there's some sort of future for, for both of these communities ultimately. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not, I'm not some expert in Middle East peace. I don't never sort of um, claim to be, but with the, with what I was able what was put before me, um, you know, I I felt really ultimately compelled and I thought it long and hard about, it. I think, you know, this was not something that I had an easy answer for. Yeah, you probably never uh, thought when you uh, uh, no. <laughs> swore in the first time that this would be such a pivotal vote uh, for the, uh, from the 11th Ward. All right, Nicole, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show and we'll be bringing you back to discuss updates. This... Um, I mean, we are going to be watching stadium games out, played out uh, for, I think, the better part of a year at least. Uh, I, I agree. And uh, it's economic development gains. There's only a limited amount of money that can go around. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot on the table here. Uh, and you got two powerful teams, the Bears and the White Sox, looking for public assistance. Uh, like I said, the Cubs are right behind them. So uh... yeah, and I think you know, last thing, last thing. I know you want to wrap up here. I th think it's worth saying too that you know we can't lose in this whole conversation what the benefit is to all of these communities uh, that are part of wherever these stadiums are located. Right? This is not just uh, tax dollars for the city, but it is you know the the impact and and what the benefits are we we have to keep that at the forefront too what are the what are the the community benefits the the return on investment can't just be you know here's tax revenue because you know there there has to be something in it also if there's going to be public dollars and you know there's competition all around for the public dollars uh, we need to be responsible with them we need to make sure that you know we're we're getting the best deal possible for for the residents of the city of chicago all right very good thank you very much alderman Coley. Uh, it's a pleasure talking to you. Bring it back. Thank you, Joanna, for setting this up. And shout out, JK. I see you. And I uh, also want to thank Producer Chris. He does an outstanding job. And I think Nicole Lee will agree with me when I say, hey, Producer Chris, give yourself a raise. Take it out. Cash. <laughs> Peace and love, everybody. And don't forget, you can catch previous Ben Jarofsky shows. Get Benny J bonus interviews. Read columns from Ben. You can get uh, the new newsletter article Ben just wrote. You can check all that out. You can get the sit down with Shawnee Dez, one of the reader's newest podcasts. Great content, all at chicagoreader.com. If you want to follow Ben on Instagram, that's easy, at Benny J Show. And then don't forget to tell your friends, like, subscribe, and follow The Ben Jarofsky Show on your favorite streaming and podcasting platforms. 